Ready, uh, go for launch. Five. Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. Anything can happen in the next half hour. Four. My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. This whole thing is insane. Three. Quiet, please. I am analyzing. Where's the kaboom? Two. There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. One. in my pocket wasn't enough. I'm like, you and uh, her too. I said I was richer and I'd still be with you. Ha! Now ain't that some stuff? And although there's a pain in my chest, I still wish you the best with a you. Yeah, I'm sorry. Can't afford a Ferrari. But that don't mean I can't get you there. I guess he's an Xbox. And I'm more an Atari. But the way you play your game ain't fair. What? Oh, Betty the fool that falls in love with you. She's not gold digger. Well, I got some news for you. Yeah, go run and tell your little boyfriend. I see you driving around town with the girl I love. And I'm like, you. I guess the change in my wasn't enough. I'm like, you and uh, her too. If I said I was richer, I'd still be with you. Yeah, ain't that some stuff? And although there's a pain in my chest, I still wish you the best with the Greetings, my fellow galactic travelers, and welcome back to Planet 8. This is your mission commander, Larry, speaking to you from our hidden base. Chief Engineer Bob is here by my side, as always, in the command center, and circling Planet 8 in our orbital spy satellite is Reconnaissance Officer Karen. And on this episode of Planet 8, I am super excited, more so than usual, this is our thankful for episode, and ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, Planet 8 is thankful for William Bartholomew Shatner. Okay, his middle name, not Bartholomew, but still, we wanted to give it a little gravitas. Tiberius um, or something, right? <laughs> William Tiberius Shatner. Walker and I went to a convention back in the in the heyday of, of Star Trek and sci-fi, the Sci-Fi Summit in Pasadena. Oh yeah! And for years they would they would list him as not William Shatner, not Shatner, not Bill Shatner, the man. And so ever after <laughs> he is the man. Well, and then uh, we we had our our Shatner the man. T-shirts. We. I wish I still had mine. I, I have my I grok Spock or still grokking Spock shirt, but yeah, that was great. I had that printer and I could print up uh, iron-on transfers. Those were fun. Yeah, that was. Those were some cool shirts we had, but yeah, they pretty much fell apart after a few washings. <laughs> but uh, I can yeah. probably say that I have never had a William Shatner T-shirt. Oh, <laughs> 
There's been a they few were, like Star Trek t-shirts over the years, but no one specific, not a Spock shirt or a Kirk shirt mm. or anything like that. You see what I got on tonight? Why yeah. why Captain Kirk is better than Picard? I love I love all, you know, most of the captains, but I got to say most. <laughs> <laughs> we won't name names. I like but, most people. But. <laughs> I, I like most of the captains. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, of course, Captain Kirk, the original captain. Captain Kirk. The original. Well, Captain. Not really, though. It's Pike, right? Well, you know, if you're going to get all like piloty me- meta with me, but yeah, you know. It's... <laughs> oh, then it was April, Robert April, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could be Jonathan Archer, but I digress. That's. There you go. Where does it end? Nobody yeah. knows. Was it James T. Kirk, James R. Kirk? I but who was the first captain in all of our hearts? Kirk. I'll tell you who James T. Kirk. That's, <laughs> that's who. Right. That's the right. man. Many the only. Oh, go ahead. I, I'm just gonna. I'm just saying that he typified only. what it meant to be not only the starship captain, but a leader. And and I think in a lot of ways, I know for a lot of guys, he represented like what it meant to be a man. Mm-hmm. And then I think for the rest of us who weren't necessarily a guy, he meant, you know, like what it meant to be somebody who, you know, was a leader, was strong, was courageous, compassionate, all those things that you looked for and respected and believed in. Guys wanted to be him. Women wanted to be with him. <laughs> that was also James Bond, too. That's right. <laughs> but they were so, very, very the, different. There, there was a, a vulnerability to Captain Kirk as well that he mm-hmm. only shared with his close friends, you know, McCoy and and Spock. And, uh, man, I mean, we could go on and on just on Star Trek. But um, we want the total we, chat, right? Yeah, we should do that another episode. Just talk about Star Trek for like five episodes. Well, it's I think it's just it, you know the lead have. in the lead in for Shatner is always going to be Star Trek because that's what those of us at least of a certain age will always connect him to. But he was Star in Trek. things before Star Trek. In fact, uh, of I, I'm going to talk about one too this episode. But but let's who's who's wants to talk a little bit about the man. The man, the myth, the legend. Well, I mean, I think one of the most interesting things about Shatner, you know, we see him as like Captain Kirk, the all-American hero, but he's actually Canadian. You know, he was uh-huh. born March 22nd, 1931 in Montreal. He's He was Canadian. He's also Jewish, which pr- maybe some people don't know. Um, we just lost I, half our audience. <laughs> well, good. We don't want them around anyway. So That's right. Um, I think it was interesting. I was listening to an interview with him and uh, somebody asked him if he ever faced any anti-Semitic, you know, comments or problems. And he said that when he was in school, actually, he would get beat up fairly often because he was Jewish. And that shocked me. I didn't realize, you know, that he had any issues with that as a as a kid. Um, and that he got because he was getting in fights all the time. He got the nickname Tuffy, <laughs> um, 
So, you know, you think about... I thought that referred to as toupee. <laughs> well, that was toupee-y. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know, you think about, well, how does that, you know, affect somebody and their development and how they grow up? But he had to, you know, he had to deal with that growing up. Um, and so I thought that was kind of interesting. But, um, yeah, you know, he, he dealt with that. Uh, his parents weren't particularly thrilled that he wanted to become an actor. Um, but he did. And, uh, you know, when he was uh, young, it was kind of interesting because um, reading about some of the, the early work he did, especially like from the stage, um, there were some critics who put him in the same class as people like, you know, Robert Redford and Steve McQueen. But um, for whatever reason, you know, he didn't have that same career path and he wound up uh, just doing a lot of less memorable stuff um, than they did. But, you know, eventually did make his way into some interesting TV projects, which I know um, we're all aware of, such as the stuff he did for like Twilight Zone and Outer Limits and and so forth. Um, I don't know if you guys want to get into that now or move into it later. Yeah, no, I mean, let me say, you know, as far as like you know, Steve McQueen or, or, you know, those actors of that time, they're not on a thankful for episode of Planet 8. So Mr. <laughs> Shatner right there. <laughs> well, I mean, how many people, can, how many Star Trek actors can you devote an entire episode to, right? Yeah. Maybe Nimoy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very interesting In fact, uh, Leonard Nimoy was Jewish as well, right? Yes. Uh, they both were Nimoy. Jewish. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bill Shatner got his start, you know, early. He, he would do um, teleplays on uh, on TV and, you know, uh, what was that court drama he did? It was uh, in the South. Um, uh, that movie he did? Yeah. Yeah. Your, your commander doesn't have his notes handy. Um, but anyway, oh. he, he had a lot of good roles that you know, got him noticed. And when they were recasting the role for Star Trek, you know, Gene uh, went ahead and, uh, you know, went for him. It's kind of interesting because one of the things I watched was an episode of Man from Uncle Mm. from 1964. So this is like pre-Star Trek. Oh, there you and go. It, and it yeah. featured William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy together. Mm-hmm. So they were actually together before Star Trek. Yep. And, uh, and it was, yeah, was kind of interesting I mean, those, because uh, wow. Warner Klemper was also in the episode. <laughs> Colonel Clink. <laughs> Colonel Clink and Captain Kirk and Mr. Spock. But um, it's actually a really good episode if you watch it. But um, it's basically there's an Eastern European dictator that Solo and Ilya needs to need to take down and discredit. And so they need someone whose background they could check into and would be, you know, like a real background. So they found William Shatner, who plays the owner of an exterminator company, <laughs> but... 
he was an ex MIT chemical engineer. So they basically made it up so that his exterminating company was a front for this spy organization and leaked the information to the dictator and his assistant played by Leonard Nimoy. And, uh, and the frivolity goes on from there, but there is an, there is a scene though (laughs) where, uh, William Shatner's character is at a banquet and he's supposed to act like he's drunk and, you know, cause a stir and all that. And, uh, as Solo is escorting him out of the banquet, Leonard Nimoy comes up and starts interacting. And that's kind of like, I guess their first scene together before Mm. Star Trek came along. That's cool. So, um, but yeah, I was like sitting, I think man from uncle who was on me TV, like on Sunday nights for a while. And I remember like tuning in and going, Hey Shatner. Oh, a Nimoy. <laughs> and I had to look it up and see, is this really before Star Trek and whatever? You got a two for, well, I think a lot of these folks, you know, that were on Star Trek were kind of, um, floating around, you know, doing a lot of TV. So they probably ran into each other a lot and were aware of each other. And, you know, by the time they all wound up on Star Trek, I'm sure they were at least familiar with each other, if not, you know, buddy-buddy. So. Well, I don't know. I mean, a lot of them weren't buddy-buddies once the series was over. But Well, no, that's a whole <laughs> other thing we can talk about. But... Speaking of, speaking of Mr. Shatner. Yeah, but so, so yeah, so Shatner, you know, obviously did a lot of, of early television. And I, I think the interesting thing to me is that, uh, you know, his episodes of like Twilight Zone, I think, are pretty well known. Um, you wonder, like, well, would they be as, as memorable to us now if it wasn't for his later, you know, stardom? Um or, you know, if somebody else had been in the roles, um, would we remember them? I, you know, it's hard to say, like, where where it all would have gone. Well, it's like, but, you know, if Jeffrey Hunter continued as the captain, would he have been as memorable as, as Kirk? You know, if Pike went on. But he yeah. also passed away early, so he never would have even made it to the movies. No. That's true. I do think that, that Shatner really adds a lot to those episodes. So there's like Nick of Time and Nightmare at 20,000 Feet. Uh-huh. And especially Nightmare at 20,000 Feet. I mean... <laughs> well, that's the one that like everybody remembers. Yeah, of course. Because you've also got the thing on the wing, you know. You, the thing on the wing. <laughs> the thing on the wing. That's how I always thought of it when I was a kid. We used to call it, oh, it's the thing on the wing. Um <laughs> He's just so, like, he's so Shatnerian. It's like the pure essence of Shatner in that episode. You know, he does all his little tricks and, like, with the eyes moving back and forth. And, like, my favorite part of that is when he tries to steal the gun from Mm -hmm. the the air marshal. And he's, like, down on his hands and knees. And he's, like, looking back and forth feverishly and, like, trying to, you know, pull the gun out. And it's just, like, he does that weird sort of obsessed crazed things so well and and it's funny because just uh last night i watched um the star trek episode the enterprise incident where 
they're trying to steal the Romulan cloaking device and Kirk has to fake going insane. And it's the same kind of mannerisms and stuff, you know, where he's kind of looking back and forth and he's all shifty. And it's it's just like, oh, it's so Shatner. There's no other way to describe it. You well, know? I mean, there's also like the enemy within where he's got to play good Kirk and bad Kirk. <laughs> That's what I was going to say, the way his eyes are like, you know, but acting, damn it. I'm Captain Kirk. And here we are 50 years later talking about how good of an actor they make fun of Shatner, you know, and I I don't want to poo poo his his co co stars in the, you know, the original cast, but, you know, very few have a kind word to say. And I, I love George. Don't get me wrong. But even he was poo-pooing the fact that Shatner went into space. It's like, maybe they are just a little bit jealous of the man's talent. You know, how many Emmys do they have? How many albums have they recorded? Here's the thing. Not to draw a comparison, but... The difference between the original Star Trek and then the the shows that have mostly followed, with the exception of, like, Discovery, because they kind of went back to the original formula, but the, the original show... Shatner was the star of the show, and Nimoy was his co-star, and the rest of them were supporting cast. It wasn't an ensemble show like the later shows became, like Next Generation and and Deep Space Nine. So they really were there to just do small bits. They weren't always in every episode. Shatner, being the star really had to to carry the weight of the show he really felt like he had to make sure things were were good on the show and and he felt like he bore a lot of responsibility for the success of the show you know and i i understand that at times he was probably an asshole but you know i and and i don't know everything that happened well to hear harlan ellison talk about it yeah, and, and Har- I, Harlan I mean, Ellison is a bit the, one of the biggest assholes oh, around, but well, yeah, yeah, but he was, I, and I think David Gerald echoed it that that Shatner would go and count how many lines he had, and mm-hmm. then count how many lines Nimoy had, and then you'd always have to have one or two more than Nimoy. Well, the thing with him and Nimoy came out of you know the amazing popularity of Spock, which a lot of people didn't you know see coming so all of a sudden he's like sitting there going wait i'm the star of the show what's happening why is this guy getting all this fan mail why is you know what's going on here so yeah he became kind of obsessed with that i'm not saying this is the thing i can i can enjoy shatner i can admire him for all the things i like about him, especially the way he kind of grabs life by the throat and and just gets everything he can out of it. But I can also acknowledge that he can be a a jerk. You know, I I know that, you know, things I've heard, he can be a jerk. And, you know, geez, I've seen him in person, either gotten an autograph or picture with him now, like, I don't know, four or five times, whatever. And, And yeah, he's aloof. You know, he's not the most, like, friendliest guy. That's his thing. That's fine. I know what to expect now, you know, and that's fine. Uh, I can still admire someone even while recognizing maybe flaws or whatever. I'm not perfect. I don't expect perfection in everyone. But, my God, these people still having these 
grudges. They're all like 80, 90 years old <laughs> and they're complaining about like, you know, well, he cut two of my lines or whatever. It's like he was the star of the show. He was trying. Yeah, he had a big ego. You know what? That's Hollywood. Most everybody in the Hollywood has a big ego. So hey, look at Laverne and Shirley. Look at the cast of Happy Days. I'm sure there were, you know, some infighting and some this and that and, you know, whatever. But none of them have the gravitas of the man. So, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, hey, you know, it, he, he, he had uh, three good years on, on Star Trek, the original series. Um, you know, there's this famous story that he tells of, you know, trying to get work after mm-hmm. Star Trek. And, you know, there were... There were no real residuals at that time. I mean, going into syndication was something new. Um, so he was basically driving around from job to job, working theater, sometimes dinner theater, living out of a trailer, a small trailer. Yeah, he had like a, I think, a camper on the back of his truck. And That's he was, right. yeah, he was living in there. And he, I, I don't know, part of the time he had his dog with him and, that, there's that story of that kid sees it get out of the back of the truck and he's like, oh, you're Captain Kirk. And he's like, yes, my shuttle, you know. <laughs> oh, man. He had a lot of lean times, you know. And, well, I mean, um, that, that, that explains things like Kingdom of the Spiders and mm-hmm. The Devil's Reign, which I actually really love. I like Kingdom of the Spiders, too. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I wanted to watch Kingdom of the Spiders leading into this episode. And the only place I found it was on Rift Tracks. Yeah. So I had to watch the Rift Tracks version of it. Wait, is the king of physical media telling me he does not have a VHS, <laughs> Laserdisc, DVD, and or Blu-ray, 3D, or otherwise of this movie? I do not. I was wow. never really into Kingdom of the Spiders all that much. Shocking. Whether Shatner was in it or not. You know, one thing I will say about that movie, though, is like throughout the movie, Shatner's always like opening vents or opening doors like in the ceilings. And every time he does, like 50 spiders fall out. Then he falls for it like every time <laughs> and acts surprised like, oh, God, there's more spiders up there. <laughs> Well, you know, you're talking to the guy that has a copy of Night of the Lepus because uh, DeForest Kelly's in that one. So, um, oh, you know, I'd be remiss if we didn't men- mention uh, Will Vaharo, Will the Thrill. Oh, How yes. many Thrillville did he have? It was an annual thing, Shat Fest. And, um, you this know, in the Bay Area. This was in the Bay Area. And, you know, Incubus, uh, you know, the, the only movie that I know of where the entire movie was the cast spoke Esperanto. Yeah, that was that was peculiar. So you know, I never <laughs> saw that. But did it have subtitles? Did you have any idea what was going well, on? Well, on the DVD, you can get the subtitles. But yeah. I think in the movie, no, I think the movie had subtitles. I, mean, I think it had subtitles. So. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Yeah. Speaking of Esperanto, it's like. I, I, the last time I saw Forrest J. Ackerman was when he was in the Acker condo, is what we called it. He was out of the Ackerman. She was in the Acker condo. And we went over, and, you know, he's pretty old, so he's, like, sitting in a chair and not really saying much. And then suddenly some guy comes in with his cute girlfriend, 
And four, he was right up on his feet, and he went right up to her, and he's first thing he asks is, have you heard of Esperanto? And he went in this whole explanation of how it was going to be the new language and it'll be the, the universal language of Earth and all this other stuff. But that's like the first place I heard of Esperanto. Esperanto was horny, uh, Forey Ackerman. Yeah. yeah. Uh. Was Forey getting uh, all excited and telling this girl Esperanto. About it. it was going to be like. Mandarin, you know, was meant to unite all the different dialects in China. And um, I always thought of it like that. But anyway, uh, Esperanto. It, 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 uh, the guys from uh, Outer Limits actually did this movie. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And so um, it was. And yeah. then once again, Bill threw his heart into it. I mean, he acted his ass off uh, speaking Esperanto. So it's a great movie. It's on DVD. I'm not sure if it's on Blu-ray, but if you guys get a chance to to watch that, I highly recommend that, as well as Impulse. That one. Oh, my God. <laughs> that one you really have to see to believe. Exactly. And in those 70s, his, the clothes that he wears in that. Wow. And at one point, he's in like a weird knit tank top kind of outfit. It It's not flattering at all. <laughs> and his hairpiece, it's just, it's not great. You know, I, I am I am one of those devotees to the Shat where I, I do not believe there is a hairpiece. I believe <laughs> that it's all Shatner and, and God love oh, him. Oh, honey. <laughs> you know, it was funny. I saw I saw this like uh, picture on Facebook, and I can't remember what TV show it was from. But Shatner was standing there in a blue jumpsuit, and they were saying it was a precursor to Halloween. <laughs> huh. that, well, that that's another fun fact, Chief. That mask that Michael Myers used in the original Halloween on through to. You know, 103, Halloween 103 or whatever, was a Captain Kirk mask. Yeah. So and there, they, they were like looking around. for the, He had to have a mask. They were looking for, around for a mask at the last minute. They ended up going down to the store and buying a uh, Don Post Captain yep. Kirk mask, mm-hmm. painting it white. And there it was. There's a great uh, series on Netflix, the movies that made us, I think, or something like that. And they get into Halloween is one of those movies, and they they dedicate a good five ten minutes to to that mask because it became iconic, you know. Shatner was on some show, and he claimed that for Halloween, at least I, I don't know if he did it repeatedly, but he at least one Halloween he said he claimed he got one of the because now they make a Michael Myers mask that yeah. is basically that mask. He claimed he got that mask and went around the neighborhood in the mask. <laughs> so his mask of himself. Is one of the weird. books that was one of the books that he was working on, maybe Star Trek Memories, it could have been something else, but he would wear this weird alien mask to the oh, creation go to conventions. Yes. in Vegas asking people questions about Star Trek and Captain Kirk and stuff, and no one ever, you know, caught on. So who knows what the man could have done, or Halloween or otherwise? <laughs> well, I think a lot of people do that. A friend of mine used to hang out with uh, Seth Green, 
And Seth Green would go to cons with him and he would just throw some mask on and walk around and no one would know who he was. Mm-hmm. I heard Mark Hamill did that as well. I guess it, it's a nice way to be anonymous. Yeah. And, you know, oh, oh, I was going to say another thing that Will showed at um, one of his chat fests was White Comanche. And that's yes. where Shatner played the twins. <laughs> and one was like raised by uh, uh, Indians and the other one was, I don't know, he was like a, a bad guy. And yeah, it was just not the not the best movie. But like you say, I feel like this is one of his defining characteristics that he kind of just throws himself into whatever he does, you know. So it, it could be like a terrible show or it could be a commercial or whatever, whatever it is he's attempting to do. He actually just throws himself into it and really gives his, you know, his all and is sincere about it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I do want to say, j- jumping back to Impulse, Harold Sakata co-starred uh, as well as Marcy oh, yeah. Lafferty, and, and he ended up marrying Marcy. Uh, they, they met on that movie. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, Oddjob from, um, yep. from James Bond, uh, he almost died. And, and if you if you get the DVD, they, they show that deleted scene. There's this car wash scene. and, and he Oh, gets, yeah. And, and Shatner's over there like, you know, this is a huge man, Harold Sakata. And he, he's trying to, like, hold him by the knees up so he, he doesn't asphyxiate. <laughs> it's stranger than fiction, but it, you know, it really happened. Shatner saved a man's life. Jeez. Um, it's, it's either, and I don't have the, the DVD here with me. It's either Impulse. I think it is Impulse. Um I can't think of the director's name, but um, the the DVD came out, and and again, Will tipped me off to this, and there is a Bacardi commercial. We were talking about whatever you know Shatner does. There was a Bacardi commercial, and they have it on that DVD because the director of Impulse directed that commercial, and it's about a ten minute commercial, and it's Shatner basically touring touring the. Bacardi Cathedral, uh, where they you know make the the rum, and he starts mixing drinks for the people coming. They're like, "I'll have a rum and coke," and he's like, "Oh, okay." And they're playing this like music. It it is priceless, Shatner, and and it's a shame that so few people um, have experienced that. It's it's just it's it's wonderful. Well, Speaking of commercials, and we're we're near. It's not really a commercial; it's more an info video. And since we're right bumping up against Thanksgiving, and I, I know I shared this with you guys earlier, I love that deep fried turkey video he did with State Farm about the dangers of turkey fryers. Yeah. Well, this, this the, is our Thanksgiving episode, so right. I'll be I'll post it on my my Twitter. I'll post a link to it, but. The, the great thing about it is he made this this whole video with them about how dangerous it is, you know, the fires that get started with the the deep uh, deep fried turkey. Well, well first he explains how much he loves a good turkey. Uh, I know, yeah, I want a juicier, tastier <laughs> turkey. First, the, the skin and, has to be 
Crispian. And then he, he he sees the turkey fryer and his eyes get all big and he's so excited about the oh, turkey fryer and pulls the parts out and here's the, the fryer, the thermometer. And then he calls the little hook thing the dingle dangle, the dingle dangle. <laughs> but then he gets too, you know, impetuous about it and he doesn't put the, he doesn't turn the flames off and he dumps the turkey in the fire comes up, his sleeve catches on fire. So it's all this learning moment, you know, don't be like I was do this but then somebody did a remix video of that and they use all of his little vocal parts but they put it to music (laughs) (laughs) and it's i it's really funny it's just hilarious but i love his willingness to like put himself out there on these things and you know as he's gotten older he's become more willing to yeah, you know, make a little fun of himself, be a little more, you know. Well, I don't think uh, anyone can parody themselves as well as Shatner can. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Even even like his albums, and I mean, he's got to know he doesn't have a whole lot of talent for singing. Well, he, but he'll he still go out and do all these musical numbers him. and things. Yeah, yeah. the The first album that's good, Bob. We didn't really talk about that. Was uh, the Transparent Man. Transformed Man. Transformed Man. Way back when, yes, in the 70s. Uh, and again, when, if you can find it, it's probably in the cloud somewhere, but that's like, you know, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. and It, it was pretty bad. Well, I, mean, yeah. I, I remember, <laughs> and I actually watched this live on TV. Oh, yeah, I know what you're going to say. Me too. But, yeah. yeah, it was like a science fiction awards show. Mm-hmm. And he got up there and did Rocket Man. Yep. And I don't think it's on any of the YouTube clips, but when you watched it live, Bernie Toppin was in the audience. Yes. Who wrote all the lyrics for Elton John. And he, he, he wrote, he, he wrote yeah. Rocket Man. And it's like Shatner did it and they kept cutting and showing Bernie Toppin. And he looked like he was in so much pain and <laughs> anguish and whatever. Paul Shatner was doing this thing, and it was it was hilarious. If you can find that, I again, that's look, basically anything you can find on the web with Shatner, whether it's Turkey or Rocket Man or uh, whatever, you should you should definitely look into it. Um, Did you ever see the uh, George Lucas tribute? Yes, I just yeah. watched Where that. He, the come, AFI he comes tribute. out of the beginning, and it's like they introduce him. He comes out, and they're all kind of like looking like, oh, what's Shatner doing here? And he's up there saying, you know, Star Trek has such an influence and all this stuff. And then he like stops and he like looks around and sees all these like TIE fighters and Star Wars pictures and stuff. He like pulls a letter out of his pocket and he like starts reading it. Uh, Dear Mr. Shatner, we'd like you to open the show and uh, Star Wars. And they come out <laughs> and they, they start taking him away. He's like, wait, wait, I can do Star Wars. I can do Star Wars. Yeah, he does a whole thing, you know, a whole thing, uh, kind of a monologue about George He's, Lucas, and then he sings and my then he way. Sings my way, yeah, yeah, to, yeah. With all the stormtroopers like dancing behind him, and it, uh, yeah, this is hilarious. Yeah. But it, it's a great clip. Yeah, he's gotten so good at at you know just making fun of himself, and it, it's really to me, I enjoy seeing that because I remember for many years there, you know, after Star Trek, the series was off the air and sort of before the movies, you know, became successful. Um, 
he seemed to be very uptight. I mean, we had the whole appearance on Saturday Night Live with the, you know, get a life and all that. And he didn't like you'd see him in interviews for things and he didn't want to talk about Star Trek. Um, He was really, you know, he seemed a very unhappy guy. And I remember that changing, I think, somewhere along the line after the movies started to be successful and he seemed more comfortable poking fun at himself, you know? I, I, I'm not certain, but I, I know for sure that because uh, Nimoy writes about it, the battles that he'd had uh, with Paramount uh, over the Spock character, over residuals, over the use of his image on dolls mm-hmm. and posters and bubblegum wrappers and and you can only think that, you know, they got paid for the show and then afterwards nothing that Shatner, I don't know that he had the same court battles as Nimoy, but I do know that after the motion picture, Shatner's contract read something to the effect that whatever Nimoy gets, I yeah. get. Because Nimoy was a shrewd negotiator. I think it was more like whatever Nimoy gets, I get a dollar more or something, some weird thing like that. <laughs> yeah. So like, Something like that. So yeah, it's like Nimoy would do all the negotiating, and then Shatner would just reap the rewards. Well, famously Nimoy, because they they created the character of Zahn for for Star Trek uh, Phase Two. It was going to be the TV show, mm-hmm. and then they moved Zahn. They were going to move to the motion picture, and uh, you know they threw enough money at Nimoy and settled all of the court cases that that Nimoy had. And, and brought Nimoy onto the motion picture. And then, you know, all you know, the rest of the films followed suit. But, um, but he, you know, Star Trek wasn't his only TV show either. No, no, no. We, we've, that's got, right. we've got TJ Hooker with, uh, with James Darren from the time tunnel and Heather Locklear. Yeah. Heather Locklear. And then there's uh, also Barbary Coast, which I don't think any, too many people remember the Barbary Coast, but that was him and Doug McClure. That's right. Yeah. So. Uh, he guest starred on The Six Million Dollar Man. Yeah. He, he would guest star on Match Game with Gene Rayburn and, and uh, company. Um, you know, you name it. He he still had a presence. William Shatner still had that that. Uh, I don't well, want to he say was off, but he was one of the captains of the Battle of the Network Stars. <laughs> he <laughs> one was. year. I remember watching those. Oh uh, my god, those were bizarre. You know, and T.J. Hooker went like four or five years, maybe. No, I think it was five years. Anyway. Actually, it actually did pretty well when it was on. Yeah, it went oh, longer yeah. than Star Trek. I want to oh, say yeah. Barbary Coast. I'd have to look it up. I want to say Barbary Coast only lasted maybe a couple seasons, but. I think it was. Yeah, I think it was two uh, seasons. Oh, two. Uh, um, but, you know, again, he still stayed relevant, still stayed in the public consciousness. And, you know, with, with the movies, especially Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, Search for Spock, certainly The Voyage Home, I mean, these these movies had a second life for, for Star Trek and mm-hmm. for these characters. 
Um, you know, had the movies not been as successful as they were, we wouldn't have seen a United Paramount Network launching a next generation, you know, Star Trek show and, and Deep Space Nine and, and everything else. And, you know, I recall going to conventions and Shatner was at a convention. Someone asked, why are they using the next generation's theme song in the motion picture? And Shatner was like, that's that's our theme song. That's not the motion picture's theme song. And, you know, when the next generation first launched, there was a little friction because Star Trek IV mm-hmm. had just come out as well. But um, Yeah, I always kind yeah. of thought it was a little – they cheated a little bit by – taking the motion picture theme song. It's like, come on, think of one of your own. Yeah, that's saving money. Well, that or Jerry Goldsmith music. Bridge. What's that, Walker? Oh, I just said you can't beat that Jerry Goldsmith oh, music. Right. I mean, I mean, it's... You know, as I think about it, I have to watch Star Trek Three again, but motion picture had its theme song. Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan had its theme song, and then I know 4 had its, like, robust theme song, but I can't recall what they used for 3. 3, uh, yeah. That Star Trek 4, to me, always sounds like Christmas music. <laughs> Never seen, it just didn't seem appropriate. It was so uplifting to me. I know, but it it still sounds like Christmas music. I don't know. It never seemed right to me. I mean, not that it's it's not bad. It just didn't didn't seem appropriate. Yeah. Well, speaking speaking of music, I know we we started to talk about his uh, musical career. Granted, he does not sing so much as he. Is like a spoken. It's like word a dramatic artist. recitation. Right. Yeah. But I will say that that has been album oh, from 2004 man. is really, really good. I, I won't vouch for his other stuff. I heard some of the later works that he did and it was kind of like, eh. But has been, the thing about has been is that. You know, the, all the stuff on there is really heartfelt. Like you can tell, you know, he either the stuff that he wrote or some of it that, it, you know, he picked out to cover has meaning for him. Yeah. And and it, you know, expresses, I mean, talk about vulnerability. There's a lot of vulnerability. Um, well, I mean, the thing is called has been. I mean, it's there's a lot of vulnerability in that that album and I really enjoy it. Um, especially the one song I liked the most was, um, it hasn't happened yet Right. where like, you know, you think about everything with him and his ups and downs, but ultimately, you know, this was a guy who, you know, got another career, got another shot at success and was doing well and stuff. And yet in that song, he talks about basically how he feels like he still hasn't, done that thing that he Uh needs to do he's still like oh you know he he didn't make his parents proud or he hasn't he doesn't feel like you know when he lies down at night that he's that person he should be or whatever he hasn't gone to space you know well maybe maybe the song would be different now yeah he might might be cool now i mean yeah i mean how many people actually get to go into space I will uh, echo Karen's uh, feelings on has been Ben Folds five. Uh, they, they had a collaboration a 
six months or a year, whatever time before, called Fear of Pop. And it was just Shatner being Shatner. Uh, it, it was great. Um, but then, you know, has been, uh, I mean, he, he works with, um, oh, Henry Rollins. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they, they do a song together. Yeah. Um, that's me trying, uh, you know, he, he talks about, you know, his daughter, uh, or daughters and, and, you know, it, it's just so personal and bold, um, if you haven't heard it again, like I said, just start Googling Shatner now, kids, and, and watching and listening to everything. Well, like Karen said, everything after has been, don't bother. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, get the has been album. That's all you really need. Um, Bob, you wanted to kind of go back to uh, to Devil's Reign. Um, oh, yeah. I love Devil's Reign. I mean... Yeah, he's Shatner's in there. He's not in the whole thing, but he's in a, a good chunk of it. Um, but just his performance when he's going up against Ernest Borgnine and, uh, you know, comparing their, you know, they're basically having a battle of faiths there in the church. And uh, and it's got, it's got a great cast, too, because like I say you got Shatner, you got Ernest Borgnine, Ida Lupino, mm -hmm. and uh, even a very young pre-stardom uh, John Travolta is in there. Yep. I could have swore Eddie Albert was in that, too. Eddie Albert's in there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that was Travolta's first starring role, if I'm not... Mr. Hey, look. It's either that or Carrie, whichever one came... Or not Carrie. Uh, anyway, yeah, it probably is. You get those different kinds of actors together on film. It's magic. Uh, yeah, that's one of my favorite movies, and yeah, the effects are kind of, eh. but um, I, mean, I don't know. I kind of like the effects Borg when they're melting the in that. Uh, you know, it's, of course, you got uh, Ernest Borgnine turns into the the ram at the end. Yeah. <laughs> and one of those the effects that I really liked in Sugar Hill is the black eyes. You know, they utilize the black eyes in that film too. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean. It's uh, always been one of my favorites. I saw it like in the drive-in when it came out, and uh, <laughs> of course, yeah, it's always it's always stuck with me. It's, it's, uh, not just because Shatner's in it, but that helped. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, you got a collision of worlds between Star Trek and Green Acres and McHale's Navy. <laughs> it's all, <laughs> all in one big movie. Welcome back, Kata. Welcome back, Kata. Yeah. Um. And then uh, I think we didn't. We kind of glossed over Kingdom of the Spiders, I think. But yeah, that was that was classic Shatner. Doesn't he play a veterinarian in that one? Yeah, yeah. It's a problem mm -hmm. with the livestock, and they're trying to figure out you know, what's going on. Spiders. Yeah, and I don't remember if I talked about it during the show or before the show, but yeah, in that movie, it's like he just keeps opening vents. And overhead right. compartments and things. And every time he does, like 50 spiders fall out. And he falls for it every time. He's it would always be interesting. surprised. Oh, look at all the spiders. It would be interesting to know, like, in real life, if he had any kind of phobia around spiders. 
<laughs> but, you know, he needed the money, right? So right. I think everybody right. has Do spiders whatever. on them in that movie. Yeah. Just about. I like some of the stuff he's done later on that has been more uh, documentary-type based. I thought you were going to say Airplane 2. Well, air, oh yeah, he was. I mean, he's funny in that. He he learned that he could be funny, I guess. Uh, although some so fun. some people say that he's a natural comedian. Well, um, Leslie Nielsen was a fairly serious actor before he right. fell in the Police Squad or Police Story. Right. Absolutely. Naked Gun, I, yeah, Police Squad, and the Naked Gun movies. Right. I I. Um, I enjoyed. I assume you guys have seen the captains, his yes. video that he made where he went and spoke to all the different Star Trek captains. Yeah, I um, have not, but I guess I'll look uh, it up. That one is worth watching. It's interesting. Some of the things he sort of teases out of people. Well, he had that interview show for a while where he spoke to a variety of people, not necessarily. Most of them were not Star Trek people. Um, he's had so many sort of short lived shows. I mean, he has the unexplained now, but he had a show on Discovery years ago that was, I think, called Weird or What? Uh. Um you know, he's had a number of these kind of, uh, I don't know, real life kind of shows where he either interviewed people or looked into topics and stuff. Uh, the Captain's, though, is really good. And then he, um, another Star Trek oriented one was... Um, well, well Kate, before you jump on the, the, the Captain's, one of my favorite scenes is his discussion with Avery Brooks. Avery Brooks, yes. Oh, my God. Avery, you, can, you know, go ahead. Well, no, like you're about to say, like Avery is just sort of like out there playing the piano, not answering any question directly. He, he's kind of like a, a version of Shatner, you know, it's just, he's kind <laughs> of like marching to the beat of his own drum. And, and Shatner kind of feels, I got the impression, kind of felt out of his element. And, mm -hmm. and Avery's like, OK, come on. You, you want to ask me a question? We're going to do it to music. And he's playing the piano. And, okay, <laughs> now, now say it, Bill. Say He's like, I'm, I, I feel uncomfortable. I'm, <laughs> I'm interviewing Avery. And it's about Star Trek. Or, you know, whatever the, oh, my God, that was just hilarious. That was priceless. That's worth watching the thing alone is just to see him interacting with Avery Brooks. Yeah. And that was the point at which everybody goes, what? is going on with Avery <laughs> but, uh, but you were going to say Walker I didn't mean to, uh, no it's 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 a very it's a very entertaining um, piece of film and and he also uh, talks to Leonard Nimoy and oh, yeah. you know their relationship I, it's it's very um, it's very sad to me that he wasn't able to resolve his issues with Nimoy before Nimoy's passing. Um, I think if, if you have a chance to watch Mind Meld. Yeah, I've, many years ago I watched it. Yeah, it it is a, uh, you know, they had a lot of love and respect for one another. And, and look, families, you get into arguments and, you know, you, you try not to leave the house with the crossword because you never know if you're going to come back you know, to, to say you're sorry. Or, and unfortunately he didn't have that opportunity. And he and Lenny, um, 
you know, they, they, they were like brothers and they had, they had a, a misunderstanding and an argument and, and, you know, whatever. And, um, in any case, mind meld, you can really see the, the love, you know, there's some videos of conventions where, you know, they were going around and they'd really feed off of each other and, and they enjoyed each other. You really got that impression. Yeah. There's a story that Nimoy was saying that, you know, uh, Bill Shatner, he's not here, but that son of a bitch, we were at a convention and uh, he, he brought everyone in the you know auditorium into the garage. I'm sitting in the car waiting for him so we can, you know, go to the airport and scare the crap out of Nimoy with like hundreds of people crowding into the garage. We saw them again at another Pasadena show. Right. The two of them were together on stage and they were... Yeah, they were really fantastic together. But the funniest thing about that one was it was the first time Carrie Fisher had come to a show. And in the middle of their little routine, as they were talking to each other, she comes on stage and they're both surprised. And she walks right past Shatner and walks up to Nimue and gives him a big kiss. Yeah. And Shatner's like, what? What? So that was hilarious. And, and look, well, they had, I, I they had a classic that... feud between each other for a long time. I mean, yeah. it's, it's kind of all tongue in cheek, but yeah, there were all these videos with Carrie Fisher and William Shatner just like, you know, dissing each other and, mm-hmm. you know, dissing Star Trek or dissing Star Wars or whatever. And yeah. they're really funny if you can find them, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there are some videos of Shatner and Nimoy at Dragon Con, and, and those, you know, Nimoy was asked to go to the beyond the J.J. Abrams version of Star Trek, and Shatner wasn't, and he's given Shatner a hard time. And it, it's really fun if you guys, you know, viewers, have a chance to check that out. But I will say, and Walker, you can chime in, and Bob, over the years, not just Shatner, but, you know, there was a time where Nichelle would not sign a certain photo because her neck mm-hmm. was, like, tilted a certain way. Um, I, got a, I got a hard look from her one year <laughs> from the picture I brought up. <laughs> you know, there were times when Shatner, like, you know, don't, don't talk to Shatner, just let him sign your, mm-hmm. you know, thing and, and and it felt like you were like in a soup kitchen or something you know there was an assembly line and i guess it got back to him and and he was explaining look i i had maybe i had a plane to catch or something and you know it was a bunch of bullshit he was just being an asshole but you know <laughs> he, he was in a hurry and he wanted to sign as many autographs as he could and so maybe in doing that he came off a little cold and you know whatever but i'll say in the later years getting autographs and, and pictures with Shatner. Matter of fact, uh, Jasmine and I, when he did the uh, Rathacon tour. Mm-hmm. I and, did that uh, too. Yeah, it was down in, in South Bay. And, you know, we went down to Cupertino and and we watched the film. And I, I will say Jasmine is, is not a Star Trek fan, but God love her. And there she was with me. And all the beats in the Rathacon where you needed to laugh or jump or gasp, she did. And and I was just like, ah, oh, so great that it still works, you know, with with someone who's not even familiar with, you know, the space seed, you know. Um, 
But he comes out afterwards, and there's a guy there to ask him questions, and he's talking about his love of Dobermans and horses. And, you know, at the at the time Trump was president, and they asked him, you know, what do you think? And he's like, well, I've been around long enough not to poo-poo anyone because you never know, you know, uh, is he going to get a second term? Is he going to run for Congress or, or whatever? He says, but, you know, he's been around the McCarthy hearings and, you know, things have a way of writing themselves. And and it was like this wonderful time with him. And then afterwards we we got a photograph with him and and look, I'm I'm not saying anything bad about the other actors. We we got photographs of Stan Lee and, and the poor man, he was just barely smiling. And then Jazz and I got pictures with uh, Adam West and and you know his his He'd sit there with his eyes closed, his head down, and then be smile, and he'd look up and smile, and then his head would go back down. Ugh. Very weird feeling to get pictures with with your heroes, your icons. Shatner was so engaging. Hello, did you like the show? Thank you for coming. Ah, you got more than I did. Oh, <laughs> just great. Well, yeah, and Silicon uh, Silicon Valley Comic Con were. Yeah, I went there and I got pictures with Burt Ward and Adam West. And, you know, I walked up there and they're, of course, like, don't talk to the stars and just, you know, go up, take a picture, get off. And yeah. uh, I walked up there and it's like they're both sitting there. And I go, oh, I bet everybody stands next to Adam. I'll stand over here next to Burt. Just blank stares. Didn't it? Yeah. You know, I thought, Sad. oh, God, maybe I broke the ice a little bit, but no. So then, you know, next was Shatner. Same kind of thing, except. He just say hello, and you know we got done. He said thank you, and you know off I went. But um, mm -hmm. that's kind of like the last time I will ever do any kind of thing like that. But yeah, um, yeah, he he at least acknowledged that someone was present in the room, which yeah. many do, which many do not. But yeah, wow, we we had a we had a good time. Not as good a time. I, the best conversation I had with uh, with a star was was Nimoy. We were in Vegas, Karen, and, and I sat there and he's like, oh, you know, you having a good day? I'm like, yeah, yeah. I says, I'm so happy. This is better than sitting down with Santa Claus. And Nimoy started laughing. <laughs> that, that and uh, and uh, Ricardo Montalban, those, those are my favorite times getting autographs. Uh, yeah. But anyway, I, I digress. Um, yeah, the, the conventions were fun. Um, they were exciting. Sometimes they were sad. I remember Jimmy Doohan was on his last leg and he was just oh, rambling yeah. up there and it was like, oh man. Well, I mean, I saw, I went to, I think it was a space con in Oakland and Bob Wilkins from the local Creature Features, he was the host. And yeah, Shatner was there and Nimoy, Doohan, George Takei, Arlene Martell. Oh. And uh, Bruce Hyde, they were all there. To Pring. And uh, I can't remember. Riley? I think Nichelle Nichols might have been there as well. But yeah. Is I this remember. in the 70s? Yeah, this was before, before it got Star Trek The Motion Picture. It was like all there was, I guess there's probably the cartoon, but I mean, all there was was the original Star Trek. That's it. And mm. so that was back when, when the Trek conventions were pure. Yeah. It's like, this is all <laughs> there is, you know. Yeah, and they were all talking about too. the upcoming Paramount UPN series that was going to bring them all back together, which later became the movie, whatever. 
But yeah, there was no Star Trek motion picture or any of that. But uh, uh, I, I give him credit. We kind of talked about his stint on Saturday Night Live, but that was pretty bold to make fun of the fans of the way that he did. And I remember him saying, you know, we're, we're taking a chance on this. this. You know, we're just having fun. And then he gets into the the, the convention and they're asking him all these like questions. He's like, well, you know, I, I did this 30 years ago. I, I don't remember, you know, what I was thinking or, you know, was the prime directive and they keep on pushing him and he loses it. He's like, well, grow up, move out of your parents, you know, <laughs> basement. You, have you kissed a woman yet? You know, he's like, and then Phil Hartman runs up there and starts reading them in the riot. I can't hear what he's saying. He's like, Oh, sorry, that that was the evil version of Captain Kirk. <laughs> this is a good version. And everyone's like, oh, yay, yay, yay. Um, I, and I, I have to say something about Galaxy Quest, because even though it didn't star the original cast, wow, what a lens into their, you know, kind of dynamic and it, just a little bit. I mean, it, it's not autobiographical or uh, autobiographic in any stretch of the imagination, but a nice little homage to the the franchise and, and that original cast. I, I will say, though, that he, he, you know, he talks the talk and he walks the walk because yeah. although he, he's been an actor and he's been a Star Trek actor, he's done all these other shows, but he has all these other things in his life that he pursues as well. You know, because he has all this stuff he does with horses that he, mm-hmm. you know, he rides horses charity. and shows horses and he does all this charity work with the horses and stuff. So that's a big part of his life. And then he's always interested in learning about stuff. So he's he gets involved with these shows that are either like documentaries or like the pseudoscience stuff, like the unexplained, where he's always trying right. to, you know, he wants to know more. Like I he went on. um what is it? It's uh, it's not ancient ast. Ancient aliens. Uh, is that what it's ancient aliens? Right, the yeah, one with Jordan, the guy with the hair. Yeah. Right. So yeah, yeah, and they had like this episode where he was like sitting at this table with all the usual suspects there, and he would ask them questions like, "Well, why do you you know what about such and such?" And they would like come up with these theories and he would kind of sit there and eye them you know and, and then he'd ask other questions and and, and you know it, would, it was just like oh my god you know he's just sitting there like really grilling them on this stuff and of course it was you know he's getting paid for it but i think he he has this insatiable you know curiosity about life and he does science shows and these other shows but of well, course he, also, biggest, uh, he raises dobermans doesn't he he has yeah. his dogs, yeah. too. So that's another aspect of things he likes to do. When he was younger, he used to do uh, motorcycle racing. He used to enjoy doing the motorcycles. But I think bow he's a little, the bow and arrow. Yes, there's a famous shot of him with the bow and arrow on a motorcycle. Um, but then we can't not talk in this episode about it blows my mind how he actually went into outer space. He's the yeah. oldest person on the planet to go into outer space. So he went into outer space. Well, with, he was like 90 years old when he did that. Yeah, he was 90 years old with Bezos' Blue Origin back in um, October of last year. And it obviously had a profound effect on him. You know, when he came down, he... 
he talked about how, like, you know, seeing the blue earths and the blackness of space and the blackness felt like death to him. And then realizing this little small thing was the only thing that had life and how precious it was. And, and I guess his new book, which I think we will, Larry oh, will yeah. get to shortly. Um, you know, it's all about how we need to, he's got a new, uh, frame of thinking. And I think this has happened, you know, if you look at like what happened with a lot of the astronauts when they left earth and they saw earth, you know, as a single, this, this ball floating in the darkness, they had the same kind of thing happen to them. Their frame of reference totally shifted and they, they had an awareness that came to them like, oh, we're all just on this little thing together. We need to like start working together and, and start recognizing that we all, you know, belong together. But it never happens. I know. Well, we need to get more people in space. I don't know. Maybe we need to get everybody in space. And, uh, bring them back down and change their perspective. But, but I thought that was really interesting that, you know, he goes from being an actor who plays a starship captain who's always in space to being a man who really went into space. Like how many actors play an Olympic athlete and then go and perform in the Olympics? That doesn't happen, right? Well, I mean like Rod Roddenberry and some of the other actors, didn't they have like their ashes spread and shot up into space or something? Well, I that's don't think like they the were close, aware of it. Well, that's the closest any of them got until Shatner went up. <laughs> I don't think Scotty knows where he is now. <laughs> well, he didn't know where he was when he was here for a while. Well, unfortunately. After Bad his chief. head on the bulkhead. Chief. Um, I, I watched the, there was a documentary on Amazon, of course. And uh, beforehand, Shatner was like, you know, I'm not going to, fart around and float in zero G. I, I, I really want to experience what it is to look out the window yeah. and feel what it's like to not be with that blanket of life, Mother Earth. You know, yeah, and, and, and just make sure there's no well, gremlins out there, right? <laughs> well, um, and then Jeff Bezos is a huge Star Trek fan. He made these little you know, communicators or whatever when he was a kid and gives him to Shatner to take up into space. And Shatner's like, uh, sure, no problem. He's like, God, another geek. I can't get away from these Star Trek geeks. <laughs> Him but and Obama was, and God knows who else. <laughs> Truly an amazing um, person. Look, I'd also be remiss if I didn't mention the practice TV show The Practice and Boston Legal. He won oh. two. Um, he won an Emmy for each one, right? Emmy. Uh, they were both for Boston Legal. Oh, okay. I thought there was one per series. Yeah. Um, yeah, but those were great shows. And um, hold on. I'm sorry. The cat's here. Uh, well, I mean, one thing I wanted to bring up, which. Uh, Debbie and I watched the other night and it had nothing to do with space or sci-fi or anything else. It was a movie called senior moment. Hmm. If you guys, I don't know if you guys heard of it. Shatner no. did that in 2021, I believe like last year. 
Oh. And he's, he plays this old guy who uh, doesn't believe he's old. So he's like, he's got a sports car and he's hanging around all these young women and he's like going out to bars and everything else. And he goes to this old folks home every day and he picks up his buddy who's played by Christopher Lloyd and they go cruising and everything. And so they're cruising in his car and they come up to a stoplight and this low rider pulls up next to him. And so they're jabbering back and forth. And uh, so Shatner finally like challenges the low rider to a race. Like, okay, you know, the guy's like, all right. And so the light turns green Shatner takes off, and the lowrider just sits there. And, of course, there's a cop right around the corner waiting. <laughs> so he's go, he goes to court. He loses his license. He can't drive anymore. So suddenly, you know, age is hitting him. It's like they took his car. They impounded the mm. – he had, like, a Porsche, and they impounded it. And so he's got to, like, ride the bus and walk. And he ends up, like, meeting this woman, this artist on the bus. And they start – they – have a relationship and things but it's a re- it's actually a really funny movie and it's like yeah i generally don't watch anything that doesn't have like monsters or kung fu or or <laughs> rocket ships or robots <laughs> or something but but i watched this one and yeah it, it was good it was funny I, I actually enjoyed it so if you can look it up uh i think i watched it on amazon prime but it's mm. uh yeah it was a senior moment <laughs> Um, in in Boston Legal, it, the the series goes for a number of years, but it ends with um, Denny dealing with um, whether it's Alzheimer's or senility or a combination of the two, and and Denny says, no, no, it's not Alzheimer's. I have Mad Cow. It's Mad Cow, and you know they're trying to, and um, it, it's a very sweet ending. I, I don't want to give it away, but it, it, it's just an amazing series. Um, so funny. Shatner is just so sharp um, in his delivery of lines, and James Spader is wonderful. There, there's a point where uh, Denny has a flip phone, and and his phone rings, and he whips out the flip phone, and it makes the sound of a communicator, and Shatner <laughs> just kind of gives the audience a look like, yeah, oh yeah. You know? <laughs> well, I mean, even like like, like in the movie, he's he's great at just making fun of his age. Yeah, and at one point it's like, you know, he's he's gets into this woman's room and they're about to have sex. So he like turns away and like pops a pill, and then he starts choking on the pill, and so <laughs> she's got to get him water and he's got to drink the water and he's like still choking and finally he's okay, all right. Then she's like, "What color was the pill you took?" And he goes, "I didn't take a pill," and he stops for a second. He goes, "Oh, blue." So, <laughs> But uh, they uh, they had another scene where there there's a lawsuit about these uh, fish and uh, it, it's a certain kind of fish anyway. They refer to the fish that are farmed as Klingons, and you know Shatner's in the way he says, "Did you say Klingons?" And it's like, oh man, you know if you're a Trekkie, you got it. And if you weren't, that's okay. Um, well, I think Virginia. everybody knows who Klingons are, but. Yeah, well, nice little insight. But Miss Congeniality, he does a great job, you know, as a comedic actor uh, in in one and two. Um, What else? Well, we we would be remiss if we didn't mention the PlayStation commercial. Oh, I just watched him, that tonight. Him and the Gorn sitting on the couch and they're playing each other. And then, of course, they like – 
they get mad and they stand up and they like reenact the fight from the arena. Slow and motion. Then at the end, he's <laughs> the just gorn. like, they're both like out of breath and he's like, oh, too old for this. <laughs> I like how the Gorn picks up a sofa cushion like a boulder, yeah, <laughs> holds it over his head. <laughs> Oh, and what about the uh, the Priceline commercials? Oh, for years, Priceline oh, yeah. was the big yeah. thing about Shatner. And when yeah. he'd sing, you know, like songs of the modern, you know, song, modern songs and just, you know, it was only like a couple of seconds, but still. Well, yeah, I mean, the Priceline and then he, he kind of segue because he was part owner, I think, of Priceline. When he did this, he made a lot of money at the yeah. right time. That's right. And then he kind of segued over to uh, Kaylee Cuoco, who played uh, Penny on Big Bang Theory. Ooh. I think she took over the commercials after that. But there were yeah, a couple yeah. where they were in those in them together, and it was pretty funny. You you guys get a chance, and the listeners see Shatner while he's still around. If he's doing conventions, most certainly he'll do the Vegas Trek Con. Th- there was a time when he was telling a story. Uh, up in Sacramento about taking his family on safari and these elephants <laughs> making noise and taking yes. a huge poop in front of his tent. And and Kate Mulgrew was like, is he really telling this story to these people? I feel like I have to apologize. Um, famously, he, he talked about the, the gorilla that could sign, Coco, the gorilla. I was just going to mention that. Yeah. And go ahead, Walker. What's the Coco story? <laughs> This, the Coco story, because again, he was intrigued by this gorilla that could communicate through sign language. So he wanted to to meet Coco, and they let him in the room with Coco. And then I guess almost immediately, as he, you know, got close to Coco, Coco grabbed him by the balls. Well, they they, they prepped him by saying, "This is how you sign. I love you, Coco." <laughs> And, and and she reads lips too, so you have to say, "I love you, Coco." I love you, Coco. And I love you, Coco. And, and here's Shatner's voice. So I I, I prepped myself, and I was very excited. And I, and Coco and is a big gorilla. And Coco, I love you, Coco. And and I I was emoting, I love you, Coco. And and Coco reaches out her hand, and and I'm I'm ready to embrace, and she grabs my balls. <laughs> <laughs> And then he was like, I love you, Coco. I love you, Coco. I love you, Coco. <laughs> um, oh, he, he told another story one time where he, he was at an amusement park with his with two of his daughters. Oh, yes. And, uh, yeah, it was like, there. I guess there were some guys that kept hitting on him or teasing him or something. And so he thought, well, I'm Captain Kirk. I'm going to go take care of these guys. And he goes over to confront them and they kick his ass and... He realized he's really not Captain Kirk. <laughs> I think in the version I heard, he tried the flying drop kick, and it didn't work very well. <laughs> yeah, the one no. I heard, he didn't yeah. give any details of the fight, but just there was they, another so story. Nimoy was <laughs> another story. Nimoy was saying they. He got invited over to Shatner's house for dinner, and and uh, they ended up getting food poisoning and had to drive them all to get their stomachs pumped. Oh my God, I hadn't heard that one. That's oh man, it's yeah. Well, he's certainly lived 
a full life and hopefully many more years yeah and then some i know anytime i see shatner trending on twitter i'm like i know (laughs) well you know like george takei is in really good shape for his age he'll go up and do he'll do like one-handed push-ups on letterman one time and stuff but i still think shatner is going to be last man standing yeah amongst the original trek uh crew well have you seen the picture you know they have that I really want to go there is that uh, set recreation at Ticonderoga. Oh, They have yeah. all the Star Trek sets. I really, really want to go there. And Shatner goes there sometimes, and you can meet him and take pictures with on the bridge and yeah. stuff. But they had one time they had Shatner, Takei, and Walter Koenig all there, and they all sat in their original crew positions and took pictures there. And now it's so, like, I don't know – kind of poignant because they're the they're it that's all that's left wow. is the three of them well, was, was, I, was george like flipping them off behind his back or anything or? <laughs> i'm sure they compensated mr takai generously to uh to uh be a gentleman that day but yeah you know, i think you're a, right bob there's an interview with uh walter Koenig a couple of years ago it's the academy award dot com or something like that and walter's kind of come to terms with mm-hmm. with shatner and and you know what was and you know i'm i'm a 70 year old man now i'm you know and he, he's kind of like accepted it and moved on and you know I, this is my life yeah. now and and i was like good for you walter yeah uh, he seems like he because he's even said like well you know bill was the star and he had to deal with a lot of stuff the rest of us didn't and it's like okay you know it sounds like he's come to terms like you said but he still holds a grudge against that damn cartoon right (laughs) (laughs) well he did get pretty screwed over at the cartoon (laughs) yeah walter wasn't too happy with that it was uh, as shatner would say sabotage mr shatner we'd like you to say sabotage Uh, i say sabotage it sickens me. <laughs> well, my friends, this was a lively discussion uh, about how thankful we are for William Shatner, James Tiberius Kirk, Denny Crane, at all. Um, any last minute comments, thoughts, stories to share? I think case, I'm all shatted out, but shat your, you know, shat your last shat. Huh? Did we sh- we shat ourselves collectively tonight? Ourselves. <laughs> it is that time of the show where we have our sensor suite, and the latest and greatest things that have come across our collective desks are shared with you, our listeners. This episode's get or not guest, but. Uh, thing that I, I'll be sharing, your commander sharing with you for the sensor sweep is Boldly Go, William Ooh. Shatner with Joshua Brandon, Reflections on a Life of Awe and Wonder. Um, this is a modest 238 page tome, and um, unfortunately, yours truly has only gotten into about 50 pages. That's um, pretty good. Yeah, you know, he talks about Noreen's passing, um, you know, obviously Star Trek and, and you know, some some anecdotal 
stories here and there. He, he's a wonderful, wonderful uh, storyteller. And uh, yes, he did get help from Joshua, but that's okay. We all need a little help from our friends now and again. Yes. Uh, this was found on Amazon, of course, because I think all of Shatner's stuff is going to be on Amazon. <laughs> if it's not already there. Um, wow. Look, just real quickly, the Shatnerica uh, book is wonderful if you can get a hold of that. William Shatner's personal account of the making of Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. I know. I know. It's a good little book, too. But yes, Boldly Go is fun. I'm enjoying it. I'm going to read it some more mm. tonight. Highly hoping, recommend it. I'm hoping Santa has that for me this year. Well, let me just oh, say, oh, that, oh. Uh, yeah, do not purchase. We're we're in that do not buy oh, zone. Oh, the do not so, buy zone. Oh, my. I'm sure Santa's going to send a little something something your way. Mm. Um, I'm getting a new roof put on my house, so I'm not buying nothing for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Uh -huh. But uh, but hey, well, you know, before before we go though, I'd like to uh, just acknowledge three people that three people three count them three that recently passed away, uh, and that would be yeah, Kozuki Omori who uh, basically directed Godzilla vs. Bielante and Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah, and also oh. the voice of Batman Kevin Conroy oh. passed away. Yeah. And Very the little sad. cockroach LeBeau from Hogan's Heroes. In fact, Robert Clary, who played LeBeau on Hogan's Heroes, he was like the last remaining cast member. Oh, Just wow. passed away at 96. Oh. Um, although there's what wow. uh, the guy who played Baker, who took Kinchlow's place in the last season, maybe for like 20 episodes or something. I think he's still alive. Kevin Williams or something. But, but the original cast? As the original cast of Hogan's Heroes, LeBeau, Robert Clary, was the last of the last. Huh. May they rest in peace. Ah, yes. Well, my friends, this was a lively discussion. Uh, I, I am truly in love with, uh, with William Shatner and everything that he's done. Um, whether it was a strong performance, a mediocre performance, or um, the transcending man. Was that the title? <laughs> Transformed man. Transformed man. Um, and then that gets back to the whole, you know, the has-been song. At least he tried. You know, it's one thing to, to succeed and fail. It's another thing not to try at all. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things that Karen and I always remind ourselves of is, Risk. risk risk is our business and our that's business. the thing life is all about getting out there and at least trying at least making something trying to make something happen absolutely hey you know what else we're thankful for you listeners we appreciate you tuning in um time and time again a uh, special shout out to steven you're always liking the YouTube posts. Appreciate oh, yeah. you very much. Um, hey, Podbean. Share the good word. What's that, Walker? We've got to let everybody know where we've made the big move over to Podbean. That's I, exactly right. right. So it's so. basically, I, we will direct the 
planet8podcast.com over to Podbean soon. But uh, the original was a blog spot. The blog spot, you know. will be around, well, but. Yeah, <clears throat> there's no reason, no reason to take the it archive. down. Yeah, it'll it'll yeah. exist as an archive, but we have all the uh, original episodes also on Podbean now, and you know we also have uh, a presence on a lot of other um, podcast apps like Spotify and Google and other uh, other stuff. So people should be able finer to find podcasts us. Are, are but similar. our yeah, our home base moving forward will be Podbean. Yes, and uh, you know you can still hit the planetatepodcast.com URL. It'll take you over to the Podbean site. And um, look, we're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Um, you name it, we're there. Uh, so share the social medias. Make sure you, know, you head we over done, to... We haven't done TikTok yet. Only fans or TikTok or Reddit or... God, can, who maybe we can get do we any of us know like a 13 year old that could put our stuff on tiktok <laughs> possibly hey if uh if you guys can share the youtube the more subscribers we get we can start doing some live uh video stuff over uh on youtube so that's one of the things we're looking for to do next year um but hey Please continue sharing everything else. Enjoy the podcast. We appreciate you guys. Stay safe. This draws this episode to a conclusion. Wishing you all a happy Thanksgiving. Peace out. On that note, this will conclude this transmission from Planet 8. We would like to thank all of our intergalactic audience for listening. Be sure to head on over to our website at www.planet8podcast.com where you can get more information on this episode's topic. For more conversation, find us on Twitter at Planet8Cast. Or on Facebook at facebook.com slash planet8podcast. We want to thank you guys for tuning in each and every episode. We look forward to your input and opinions. Until next time, this is Planet 8, signing off. End transmission. By George, he's got it. It is the end. It's, it's just a TV show. <laughs>